Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Tuesday, March 8, 2016. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, your only source for customized screen printing and embroidery. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now. That's BeantownAthletics.com or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. And make sure you tell them I sent you. We got some beautiful weather here in Boston today. 55 degrees and sunny. Tomorrow is going to be 70 degrees. Wednesday, it is going to be 70 degrees and sunny. And you know what that means? means softball season right around the corner. And if you're in a softball league or on a softball team, you need to get your uniforms done right here at Beantown Athletics. That's just one of the many things that you can get done. But since it's nice out, it reminds me, I know you're playing in a softball league. Don't just play good, look good doing it. In fact, don't just look good, look great. Beantown Athletics can make that happen for you. Again, go to beantownathletics.com or give them a call, 617 282 So, championship week continues. Last night, three teams punched their ticket into the NCAA tournament. You got UNC Wilmington winning the CAA Conference Championship game. You got Chattanooga winning the SOCON, winning their Conference Championship final. And you got Iona. They defeated Monmouth. Uh, Monmouth upset by Iona. And this was a three-point game. So I really don't know. If you watch the end of this game, what is Monmouth doing? Kid drives to the basket, and he didn't even put it up. He drove to the basket and dished it off to his big man. They should have been shooting a three. They're down three points. Ten seconds left. They inbound it. It's some some bad, bad, bad clock management, bad game management at the end of that one for Monmouth. And they're saying Monmouth still could get an at-large bid. You know, they don't win the MAC. Iona wins last night. They win the conference final championship game. And Iona's going to go to the tournament with this automatic bid. But they're saying Monmouth could still get in that lodge. I hope they don't. I really hope they don't. Because I cannot stand the celebrations on their bench. Now, at first, when they first did it, I think I laughed. I think I enjoyed it the first couple times. But they just keep doing it. it. This is something that they do every single game. The kids on Monmouth. It's, it's kind of embarrassing, to be honest with you. And it's kind of awkward. Like last night, this is the, the conference championship game. And you still got these kids, these glorified water boys, who are on the sideline. There's four kids on the ground. And there's one kid on top of them, like he's riding horseback. In front of the bench, on the court. I, I, it, it doesn't make sense to me. If I'm the coach of Monmouth, and I know they've been doing this all year, but I, I, don't, I, I don't do much college basketball during the middle of the season. Uh, I think I touched upon it early on, and I might have even told you that I, I enjoy some of it. And I, I even just said I did enjoy some of it at the beginning. But now, I mean, last night, that game last night, you lose by three points to Iona, and and forget about that. But it it just forget about the result. It's the conference championship game. You got these glorified water boys on the sideline doing these ridiculous celebrations. It's just it's embarrassing. And if I'm the coach, 
I'd be looking down going, boys, enough. Like, enough. I get it. We, you did it at first. ESPN caught it. The Sports Center guys loved it. All right. That's it. You're not doing it tonight. Stop. It's, it's foolish. It's embarrassing. But they keep doing it. You know they're going to do it in the NCAA tournament if they make it. So I hope they don't make it. Now, with a team like Iona winning the conference championship, uh, they weren't supposed to because Monmouth was the regular season champ in the MAC, right? Uh, so with a team like Iona, who's essentially an underdog, wins their conference championship, that could affect a potential at-large bid. Like, if, if you're a potential at-large bid for the NCAA tournament, you do not want, you do not want Iona winning that game. You don't. You don't want Iona winning that game last night because that could potentially take up someone's spot. Uh, you know, when you look at all the spots that, like, if you look at a team like Monmouth, if you think they're getting in anyways, you know, you, you want them to, to win that conference tournament because you certainly don't want two teams from the MAC getting in. Now, I'm not sure if Iona was going to be a potential at-large bid. I'm, I think I was hearing more about Monmouth in that spot. But Iona wins last night. Bottom line is, if you're a potential at-large around the, you know, the country in the NCAA, you do not want the underdog winning the conference championship game. You don't. You you want the team that's the favorite to win that game uh, because if the underdog wins, it could take up a potential spot for an at-large bid somewhere when we get to Selection Sunday this coming Sunday. But I really do hope Monmouth does not get in. <laughs> they could potentially, they're saying they could get an at-large, and if they get in, you know they're going to celebrate. And, and look, I've, I have told you many times that I enjoy a good celebration. I do. I enjoy a good celebration. But I have also told you there's a time and a place for everything. And I just think the kids on Monument, on the bench, it's too much. It's too much. It's too over the top. It's too forced. And maybe that's the biggest thing. It's too forced. They force these celebrations. It's like they prepare them weeks in advance. They know. Like the rest of the team goes into the game with the strategy on what they're going to do on the court. These kids go into the game with the strategy of what type of celebrations they're going to do on the sideline. And it's just, last night, conference championship game, not the time or the place to have four guys on the ground and you standing there like you're riding horseback. I mean, come on. I just, too much. I don't, I, I hate it. So it's just, I, I hope they don't make the tournament because I don't want to be watching that. So, uh, it is conference championship week, though, and I'm watching the ACC tournament as we speak, Wake Forest, NC State. And I know I say this, I've been saying it the last couple of years, so you could say I say it every year, but I wish the Big East tournament uh, was the Big East tournament of old. I miss the Big East tournament. And look, I'm a UMass guy, Atlantic 10, uh, you know, the A-10, so... I never had a horse in the race of the Big East tournament, but that doesn't mean I, I didn't enjoy watching the Big East tournament. I loved watching the Big East tournament. Uh, you know, Madison Square Garden, but, but, but it's the teams that were in it, and it's just a completely different... The Big East is just completely different now to the point where it is not... It's just not the same. I miss that. I miss the old Big East tournament with the teams that were in it and the drama that came with it at Madison Square Garden. I miss that. And, and every single year around this time, it's, it's not as exciting because every, the conferences are they're just all different now. It, everything's different. ACC's different. Big East is different. Heck, the Atlantic 10's different. I mean, it's just, 
And, and, you know, I never really understood why. Like, I never really understood why they made all those changes. I, I, you know, money, I guess. I, it, just does, it, it just didn't make any sense to me. You had something great, and they broke it up, and they ruined it. Uh, but, thankfully, they didn't ruin the NCAA tournament because we'll get that next week. We'll get that beginning next week. Uh, the the first four playing games next week at this time, Selection Sunday, this coming Sunday. Next week, though, I'll be in the Dominican, so I will not be here at all. I'm, I'm, I'm gone for a week. All week next week, I'm gone. And so uh, I won't be getting to the NCAA tournament stuff until the following week in which we already kn- will know what? The Sweet 16, right? We'll already know the Sweet 16 at that point by the time I get back and, and, and break this thing down. So, I'll keep an eye on championship week, and we'll react to it. But uh, three teams last night punching their ticket, UNC Wilmington, Chattanooga, and Iona. Yesterday, I also watched the Peyton Manning retirement press conference. Uh, the NFL in the news, big time the last couple days. Of course, we got NFL free agency officially beginning tomorrow on Wednesday, March 9th. We are in the middle of that that legal tampering period, right? But NFL free agency officially begins tomorrow on March 9th. So that means the NFL is in the news, but it's also in the news because certain players are retiring. Now today the news is Calvin Johnson has officially retired, even though we already kind of knew this was going to happen, right? We, we had heard this report that he was leaning that way or that he was going to retire. They made it official today. Of course, Calvin Johnson, he's calling it quits much earlier than expected. I mean, I think it's safe to say that if this guy wanted to still play in the NFL, he could still play at a high level for at least three more years. At least. Maybe even four or five more years. So the fact that he's calling it quits now, it has led some people to come up with a theory that he just wants to get out of Detroit which wouldn't be the worst idea in the world for him. But by the looks of it, you know, he announces his retirement today. I'm going to judge this thing based on how it looks right now. And how it looks right now is that he's just getting out early. For whatever reason, he's getting out early. And Calvin Johnson is officially retiring, or at least that's what he is announcing today. Calvin Johnson is calling it quits. Now, it's not getting the same attention that Peyton Manning's retirement received, nor should it. Nor should it. I told you on yesterday's podcast, I recorded yesterday's podcast, before Peyton Manning's retirement press conference, but there was still enough coverage that was going along with the Peyton Manning retirement announcement that at least allowed me to react to the coverage. It was it was really, you know, they began it two nights ago. Steve Levy in Denver. I came on yesterday's podcast. I told you that it seems to be a little bit over the top, and it seems to be an all-day affair. It's going to be Peyton Manning all day, uh, every second of SportsCenter. It's his day. And as annoying as that might be to some people who are not Peyton Manning fans, I think that you got to look at it this way. He didn't announce a farewell tour, which means that he didn't get this you know, retirement treatment all season. Like, he didn't go to visiting stadiums and receive a gift before the game. You know, he he didn't go the Derek Jeter route. He didn't go the Kobe Bryant route. He didn't go, now what we're going to see here in Boston, the David Ortiz route. Peyton Manning announced his retirement after the season. 
after winning a Super Bowl, and he's calling it quits. So if you had me choose what type of coverage on Peyton Manning's retirement I would rather see, a farewell tour all season or just one full day of Sports Center? I'll tell you, I'll take the one full day of Sports Center. And that's what happened yesterday. And I did watch Peyton Manning's press conference. And I must say, I know you've heard it by now by a million people and, and you've actually watched it yourself. You do have to go watch it. You do have to go watch it. Because if you're just on Twitter and you're reading the quotes, it can be nauseating, right? It, it, it can be somewhat over the top. Everybody and their mother is tweeting the Peyton Manning quotes from his press conference. And you say, oh man, it seems kind of corny when you read it on a screen, on a computer screen, on Twitter, and you read it over and over and over again. It can seem corny. I, I just, I advise you to not read it on Twitter and go actually watch it. Because if you watch it and you listen to it, even if you're a Peyton Manning hater, you, you got to acknowledge that it is a pretty special speech. It was pretty good. It was pretty damn good. It was great, actually. And, and I'm not going to sit here and applaud the guy for a speech for an entire hour podcast. But I want to acknowledge the fact that the speech in itself, if you watched it, if you put your biases to a, to the side, if you took your Patriots jerseys off, right, and you just watched it as a football fan and acknowledged just how good Peyton Manning was in his career. I mean, he is one of the best to ever play, right? How many records does the guy have? I don't think he's the best because I told you many times, I'm, I'm not taking Peyton Manning over Tom Brady. And, you know, that gets into the arguments of the playoffs and, and the Super Bowls. And I think I'd be saying that as a football fan, even if I wasn't a Patriot fan. I do think I would take Tom Brady over Peyton Manning regardless. You might say, well, you're biased. You're a Patriot fan. You're from New England. And, and you know, I think you're right in that sense. But at the same time, I do like to look at this stuff sometimes taking a step back and, and stepping out of the, the realm of, of my fan base. And looking at it from afar, just looking at it as a football fan, and I do think I would take Tom Brady over Peyton Manning any day of the week. But that's not to knock Peyton Manning. That's just to praise Tom Brady a little bit more. I do acknowledge, even as a Patriot fan, that Peyton Manning is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play this game. He is a legend, so he deserves the attention for his retirement. And he got it yesterday, and he had a nice press conference, and he had a great speech. It's just that when he decided to take questions, he was asked about the sexual assault allegations from 1996 at the University of Tennessee. And he answered it in a way in which I questioned how he answered, only because at first I'm thinking to myself, can he even acknowledge this? And he acknowledged it. Basically by saying he wishes people knew the the truth or or knew the facts. And, you know, I guess I looked at that and said, all right, a fair answer, I guess, to that question. It's a tough question on a day that that if you're Peyton Manning, you're celebrating your professional football career and that's it. But, you know, when you're asked that question and you do take questions, I thought that was a, a, a fair response from him. Until the end of the response, when he decided to give us a quote from Forrest Gump. Uh, I'll let you listen to it. Here's the question. Here's the answer from Peyton Manning uh, when he was asked about these sexual assault allegations from 96. Peyton, um, over the last few weeks, there's been a lot of talk about things that happened 20 years ago. 
in your career or in your life. Um, what can you say now about those allegations and how this has maybe overtaken kind of the discussion over the last yeah, well, you know, first of all, this is a joyous day and nothing can overtake from this day. I think it is sad that uh, some people don't uh, uh, understand uh, the truth and the facts. And uh, I did not do what has been alleged, and I am not interested in relitigating something that happened when I was 19 years old. Um, and I kind of like my dad used to say when I was in trouble, I can't say it any plainer than that. Um, and so this is a joyous day, and uh, it's a special day, and like Forrest Gump said, that's all I have to say about that. I mean, what was that? What the fuck was that? I, we played it last night on WEI. I listened to it yesterday afternoon multiple times. I'm going, what is he, what is he doing? Like, what? look, put aside for a second. Whether you believe he did this or he didn't do it. Well, however you feel about that. Because I don't, we don't know the facts. I don't think we know the facts. We have, we have both sides telling a different story. I don't know that we'll ever know exactly what happened in that University of Tennessee training room in 96. I don't know that we'll ever find out. I don't know that we'll ever know the actual facts or the actual story. Uh, you can believe who you want at this point. But, but, but whoever you do believe, whatever story you believe, and whatever you think happened in that training room in t at the University of Tennessee in 96, put that aside for a second. Bottom line is this. Whatever you believe, those are serious allegations, okay? Sexual assault allegations, those are serious allegations. They should be taken seriously, even if you're Peyton Manning and, and, and you know you did nothing wrong, Okay? Let's, let's say nothing happened, even if you know you did nothing wrong. You cannot throw a Forrest Gump quote at the end of your response to that question. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? I so, it was a perfect press conference. Then you took questions. You answered some questions in a, in a great way. And then you answered this question with an ending to the answer that is mind-boggling. I have no idea why you would think it's a good idea to to toss a Forrest Gump quote to the end of that answer. I, I don't know. I listen to it again. I'm going, what is that? Why? Why would you do such a thing? But he did. He did. He added a Forrest Gump quote. I, I, I really will never understand why. So uh, that was the Peyton Manning press conference. Uh, outside of that, it was, it was a great speech. You know, he began it, almost broke down in tears before he even started talking. Uh, he... Talked about the co he thanked you know coaches that he played for coaches that he played against like Bill Belichick. He said he's gonna miss the handshake with Tom Brady after games, and you know he even thanked New England Patriots fans and said that that Patriots fans uh, should miss him because Peyton gave them some wins along the way, as you know, kind of mocking uh, some tough performances against the Patriots, so mocking himself. I thought it was great, and he closed the whole thing out by saying, Omaha. It was, you know, it was great. It just didn't need that Forrest Gump quote at the end of the answer about sexual assault allegations. He didn't need that. So I, I, I'm confused as to why he thought that was a good idea. But uh, I'm sure that stuff's going to come up again. I'll be curious, though, to also see the fact that he acknowledged that question and said what he said 
you know, we've seen it now a couple times, right? This female trainer, whenever he talks about it or someone in his family talks about it, you know, there's a lawsuit. There's another lawsuit. You know, we got one now with the Title IX. But the fact that he acknowledged it and brought it up again, you know, does that violate the confidentiality agreement that they had? And, and will there be another lawsuit because he talked about it? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Now, there were no questions yesterday on HGH and those allegations. No questions on that. And I was a little surprised. But um, I guess I wonder whether or not that's going to... Like, if Peyton Manning stays away from football the rest of his life. And, you know, people... Everyone wants to now put themselves in Peyton's shoes and try to tell you, here's what he should do. Or he, he'll be an owner. Or he'll work for the commissioner. Or, or he will... Uh, you know, he might be an offensive coordinator. He, he could even be a coach down the road. I have no idea what the guy wants to do. I don't think he knows what he wants to do. But let's say he stays out of football for the rest of his life. Stays out of the NFL. Does the NFL really, you know, get into the Peyton Manning, HGH stuff? Now, they're going to investigate it because the Al Jazeera report had more than just Peyton Manning linked to PEDs, right? I mean, what do you have, the whole Green Bay Packers team on that list? Some other players. So they're going to investigate that anyways. I just wonder... How much are we going to get of the Peyton Manning stuff? Like, how deep are they going to get into that portion of it? Because it is a separate portion. While it's the same story, it's a little bit, you know, it's it's a different source. We're talking about the Gaia Institute. We're talking about Ashley Manning. So they would have to go down another road, a different road than maybe they would when they initially start to investigate, you know, you get the Green Bay players, you get some of these other players linked to Charlie Sly. Yes, they're all connected to Charlie Sly, but then the Peyton Manning stuff is sort of branched off a little bit to the Gaia Institute, and and it's a little bit, it can be a different investigation in a way. that it's a little bit separate from all these other players that are linked in the Al Jazeera report. We're just going to have to wait and see. I, You know, we got reports from other newspapers who went digging and there's things that have come out since that you know I don't like to hear, which is Peyton Manning and Ari Fleischer sending a couple hitmen down uh, to Charlie Sly's family's house. I mean, that is just disturbing on all levels. But it happened, it was reported, and yet I don't think Peyton's been asked about it. At least there was an opportunity to be asked about it yesterday. He wasn't. We just have to wait and see on that. But if I, if you put a gun to my head and ask me if the NFL is going to go in-depth on an investigation on Peyton Manning and HGH use now that he's retired from the game, if he never steps foot in the game again, I, 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 I can't tell you that they're going to go all in on an investigation against Peyton. And in fact, if you put a gun to my head, I, I'll tell you that they won't. So I, I think from a, from a standpoint of, hey, they've attacked Tom Brady here the last year and a half. Why wouldn't they go after Peyton Manning? Well, you know, from that standpoint, it is frustrating. It is. That you would continue. And, and not just the fact that they attacked Tom Brady, but they continue to, to, to drag this thing out. They continue to fight the Deflategate thing. It, and it seems to be one of the... And you can tell me all you want that it's about the CBA and, and the NFL's pounding their chest and they're in this courtroom because they are fighting for, the, for their rights in the CBA. But, but they're fighting for their rights in the CBA because they sent out a punishment to a player that was overturned. And they're saying, well, we had the right to make that punishment. And, you know, 
Judge Berman says, well, what gives you that right? And these, these other judges now are going to say, well, well, what gave you that right? And they say, well, here are the details. And then when you get to the details, all of a sudden, you got to get back to Brady. You got to get back to the air pressure on the football. Don't, don't tell me they're fighting the CBA when what they're fighting in the CBA comes back to the punishment, which comes back to the specifics of the punishment, which comes back to Tom Brady and the air pressure of footballs. Which means that ultimately they're still fighting about the air pressure on a football. And if you're going to put this much of an effort into fighting the air pressure on a football, why wouldn't you put the same effort into HGH use? A, a performance-enhancing drug, which in this whole deflate gate issue, you've compared PSIs in a football to PEDs in the number of games with a suspension with four. So it just, it doesn't match up the way they've gone after Brady and the way they didn't go after Peyton and seemingly, I don't think, will go after Peyton. I mean, look, I, I hope they do. I hope they do. I don't, I don't care that he did HGH. I've said that many times. I do not care to Peyton Manning if he took HGH, if he did. I don't think it's, it would be shocking to me if he did, coming up next surgery, being linked to this stuff. I, I wouldn't be a shock to me. And I don't necessarily care. It's just... The precedent. It's the principle. At least, if you're the NFL, you know what? Just stop fighting the Brady thing. That's what I'd say. Stop fighting the Brady thing. And 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 maybe I'd be happy then. But as long as they're still fighting it, and, and they refuse to, you know, go after Peyton, at least look into it, as, as much as they've looked into Deflategate, I just, it, it's, it's laughable to me. And it's embarrassing for the league. And it looks bad. It does. So, uh, Peyton Manning had his day yesterday. He's going to ride off into the sunset. And we'll see if he ever returns in any way in the NFL. It's not going to be as a player. I don't buy into those conspiracy theories. I do think Peyton Manning is done. He is done as a football player. But, you know, we'll see if he ever steps foot in the league in any other capacity if this stuff ever comes up again. If he doesn't, I, I'm not so sure uh, we're going to hear anything from the league's investigation. Somebody else might have some type of investigation or link and want to link Peyton Manning to performance-enhancing drugs at some point. They might want to do that. Someone might do that at some point, but I don't think it's going to be the NFL. And it's unfortunate. So, um... If anything goes on with that, I'll pay attention to it. As I mentioned, Calvin Johnson, he retired. NFL free agency begins tomorrow. Rob Gronkowski brings me to Gronk. He is not a free agent. But the Patriots made a move yesterday in which they picked up the final four years of Rob Gronkowski's six-year contract. Uh, The Patriots signed Gronk to a six-year, $54 million deal in 2012. That was an extension. And the Patriots yesterday, they picked up the final four years, at which was essentially a $10 million option. Um, The Patriots, again, picked that up yesterday. And really, I don't think it's any major news. It's just the Patriots are guaranteeing that Gronk is going to be here for the next four years, right? I mean, that, that's what that means. Well, when I heard that news, I didn't really think anything of it. I thought, okay, that's good. Good to see Gronk staying in New England. But then Rob Gronkowski 
threw out a little tweet last night at about 7.30. Here's what the tweet says. And I don't know that me reading the tweet does it justice. And we talked about this last night on WEI. So I want you to go read it yourself. Go follow Gronk on Twitter. Here's what Gronk tweeted. He said, If you think about it, that option pickup basically equals a pay cut the next four seasons. I don't work hard for those reasons. Ha ha. Gronk throws the ha-ha at the end. He also has a couple emojis mixed in that I think, again, you need to go read this tweet. I don't know that me reading it does it justice, but I will say this. Even with the emojis, even with the ha-ha, there is a reason Gronk threw this tweet out. And I don't think it's necessarily for strictly, I don't think it's strictly for the purposes of joking around, right? I do think that there is a serious tone in this tweet. I do. I I think there is a serious tone in this tweet. I don't think it is 100% serious. Like, I don't think this is Gronk saying, hey, I'm going to hold out. I don't think that. I'm not going to overreact that way. Um, I I think he's going to play. I think he knows this is the contract he agreed to. And and look, it is the contract he agreed to. So the Patriots have every right in the world to pick up this, the rest of this option. The four years, at, at the final four years, and, and keep them around and extend them through 2019, they have that right. That's part of the contract that Gronk signed. And while Gronk throws in the, the ha-ha and the emojis, I do feel that there's a serious tone to this tweet. Again, I'm not going to overreact to this like he's going he's gonna to hold out. I, just, I, don't, I don't see that happening. What I think is happening here is Gronk being the businessman that he is. Because he is a businessman, as I said. You know, the the big goof can be a big businessman at the same time. He's got a lot of smart people around him. We see the statements coming from his family, you know, as part of the Gronkowski family on, with the injuries, you know, the, uh, the agent. Gronk is surrounded by some very smart people. And I think at the end of the day, he's even a whole lot smarter than maybe he comes off to be when he talks to the media or when he's out there on the Gronk cruise humping the ground, right? I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, I do think he's a, a little bit smarter than people maybe give him credit for or, or a little bit smarter than we see uh, from the outside looking at. I think behind the scenes, he's surrounded by uh, some, some very good business people, some people that uh, are basically getting his back with regards to money, and his career, and the idea that, hey, you're turning 27 in May, the hits that you take, the injuries that you've already suffered and may suffer moving forward, you're most likely not going to be able to play until you're 40 years old, all right? You're not going to be able to do this like Tom Brady does this till you're 40, okay? That's not the, that, that's not the way this is going to work. So who knows how much time you have left? But in the time that you have, and you know you're in your prime. You need to do everything you can to get as much as you can right now. And hey, I'm okay with that mindset. I say this about professional athletes all the time. You want to go out and get your money? Go out and get your money. Go get your money. And get your money now while you can, especially when you're in your prime. Especially when you're in the NFL. A league that guaranteed money is really the only money that you want. Right? Because it's the only money that, that you're probably going to get. 
But we're even to a point in this league where you got guaranteed money. And what you really want is fully guaranteed money. So you got guaranteed parts of the contract, but now you have this fully guaranteed portion. And it's just, it's so insane in the NFL that especially when you play a position that Gronk plays, go out and get your money. Or at least if you got to do something now, say something now and set yourself up now to be in position to maybe make some more money down the road, then do it now. And, and I think that Gronk with this tweet, all right, it's Twitter. Don't take Twitter too literal. Don't take Twitter too serious. I say that all the time. I think with the ha-ha and the emojis and the fact that it's Gronk, I think we can look at this, know that the Patriots had the right to pick up this option and say he's not going to hold out and it's not the end of the world and, and Belichick and, and Gronk aren't going to, you know, throw down when they see each other at OTAs or, or at training camp. Like, Gronk's showing up and he's going to play and he's going to play hard, okay? Because he's under contract. But I think what Gronk knows is that as the years go on, you know, as this final four years of this contract that were picked up yesterday, as he gets closer to the, f- the final year of that deal, maybe even uh, the third year of that deal, uh, of that extension that's been picked up, uh, as he gets closer to that, then he knows what's going on around the, less, uh, around the rest of the league, and, and he knows what's going to happen moving forward around the rest of the league. You even see it now with the Dwayne Allen signing, staying in Indy, Right, and the money he's making, tight end Dwayne Allen stays with the Colts, four-year extension worth about $30 million. Gronk sees that. You see the salary caps increasing. He knows what's going to be available to him, you know, with the money that teams could spend on him and even the Patriots could have to spend on him. So you set yourself up now, possibly, to go back to the negotiation table with the Patriots in two years and, 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 and restructure this thing. I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I think that could happen. And in fact, Ronk is maybe expressing himself in a way right now in which he's just letting it be known that, okay, the contract he has, he understands he signs it, he's going to play under it, but but look at he He's Gronk. And at some point, this contract is not going to look very good to him on paper with regards to what's being paid around the rest of the league. And at some point, you might want to talk about restructuring. I, that's all I think this is. I don't, I don't know that this is Gronk threatening to hold out. In fact, I do know. He's, he's not going to hold out. I don't see that happening. I don't see it playing out that way. And I'm not going to overreact to one tweet from Gronk in that manner. It's just not going to happen. So for people that do want to overreact to that, um, I'd say take it easy. I'd say... Take a deep breath, calm down, maybe step away from Twitter for a little bit. Gronk's going to play for the Patriots next year. Gronk's going to play the year after that. And, you know, if Gronk puts up Gronk numbers the next couple years, I expect this to be his mindset, that that option, those four years, it doesn't look good for him. And if he produces, he's just sort of throwing it out there now that, hey, when it comes time to maybe restructure and you look at my contract compared to what's being dished out to the rest of the league, I'm going to want more at some point. That's all I think this is. But for right now, I think the Patriots and Gronk are good, right? You got to think they're good right now. So, 
Uh, Gronk's being a businessman, and he's using Twitter as a way to utilize that. And, and I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. We'll keep an eye on that situation, but as I told you, I, I just don't think there's a lot to keep an eye out for. But if anything else is said from either side, Gronk's party or the Patriots, I will react to it. Before I move on from the National Football League, a couple other stories here. The Eagles have traded DeMarco Murray to the Tennessee Titans for draft pick compensation. I don't think we yet know exactly what draft picks have been sent to Philly, but the bottom line is this. The Eagles are getting rid of Chip Kelly's guys, okay? They're getting rid of a lot of his guys. DeMarco Murray gone. Uh, who else are they trying to get rid of, right? Didn't they just trade Kiko Alonso? They traded Alonso. Um, but DeMarco Murray, back to him for a minute. He has agreed to restructure his $40 million contract with Tennessee. So, I mean, it seems like he wanted out of Philly as well. But that's another big story that we're following in the world of the NFL. DeMarco Murray out of Philly after just one season. You know, he had a big year in Dallas the year before. Uh, Chip Kelly brings him to Philly. Chip Kelly then is gone. He wasn't using DeMarco Murray the right way. DeMarco Murray now going to Tennessee, traded to the Titans for draft pick compensation, and he has agreed to restructure his $40 million deal. So that is the NFL news of the day. Before I wrap it up here, just a couple other things. In the NBA, Golden State bounced back last night. They did not cover, though. They did not cover. The Golden State Warriors last night, they were at home. They beat the Orlando Magic. Golden State lost to the Lakers on Sunday, as I reacted to yesterday in L.A., they lost to the Lakers, but Golden State bounced back last night. They beat Orlando in Golden State, 119-113. to Golden State now 56 wins, 6 losses, a 56-6 and record. The spread to this game was 16. Golden State was a 16-point favorite. Uh, so if you took the 16 points, you're happy with that. Orlando only losing by 6 points. But Golden State back on track with that win. And um, the Celtics don't play until tomorrow night after losing to Cleveland over the weekend. Also last night in the NBA, though, the Cavaliers lost at home to Memphis. And we, we see this with Cleveland. You know, they'll win a couple games, then they'll lose a game or two. And there always just seems to be something coming out of the Cleveland Cavaliers locker room. Always. And, and I usually defend LeBron, but he's been doing a couple things lately that I just can't defend. One, going down to Miami last week and working out with Dwayne Wade in the middle of the season just because his team is a couple days off. The other thing was this, this Instagram video that he put out there the other day of him on an off day working out, screaming into the camera, saying he lives for this. Like letting people know that he works out on off days. No shit. I expect you to work out on off days. You're a professional athlete. I mean... In what world do we live in in which these guys wouldn't work out on an off day? Because the team has the day off. I don't know. I just, I always assume that these guys would work out on their off days. Like, that's just an assumption that I make. So when I see somebody post a video, a pro athlete post a video of them working out on an off day and showing us that they're doing so, I'm not, I'm not going to praise you for that. So you shouldn't be patting yourself on the back. But that's LeBron for you. So as much as sometimes I defend the guy, it's just, 
he's been out of control lately. And uh, the Cavaliers, that's, that's a tough loss at home last night to the Memphis Grizzlies. Cavaliers, though, still, I would take them over anybody in the East to this point. I think they'll be in the NBA Finals. It's just, if you're a Cavalier fan, you got to hope that they can clean up some of just the the drama. There's just too much drama that comes out of there. And, And LeBron James is the drama queen. So if you if you're the Cavaliers, you you got to clean up some of that drama before you get into the playoffs. That that's all. That's all I'll say about that. But that's the world in the NBA from last night in the NHL. I had some history last night in Florida. And I reacted to this sort of as it was happening last night on WEEI, uh, talking about the Bruins win over the Florida Panthers last night in overtime. Lee Stemniak, Lee Stemniak, that's right, the Lee Stemniak that the Bruins acquired at the trade deadline, he scored the game winner, Stemniak is having a nice beginning to his Bruins career, and I mean, I say Bruins career, it could just be the rest of this season, but still, uh, his first handful of games here with the Bruins have been very good, and he gets the game winner in overtime last night in Florida, and I had some people tweeting me being like, well, is it, you know, you're looking at it now and saying this was a good trade. And, uh, you know, look, I've said it from, from day one that Stemniak's a good player. He's a good acquisition. He's going to do some good things with his team, as you saw last night. I even said the same thing about John Michael Lyles. These are not bad players. It's just they are not the get-you-over-the-hump type players. Like, the Bruins needed, they to me, they didn't need an offensive piece. They didn't. They need a defensive piece. Now, they added that in John Michael Lyles, but he's more of a puck mover. He's not really this, uh, you know, defensive stud. He's more of an offensive-minded guy, and that doesn't necessarily help you if you're the Bruins with all your defensive problems. And I said this last night on WEI, because in this Bruins win last night, Claude Julien passes Ott Ross to become the all-time wins leader in Boston Bruins history. That's right. Coach Claude Julien now has the most wins in team history with 388 with that win last night. You got to look back at Claude's career, all right? Helped them win the Stanley Cup, brought him to another Stanley Cup final. What, only missed the playoffs once? Uh, Claude Julien, most of those 388 wins have been won because he had a team that was a defense-first hockey team. And last night, when you have a 3 nothing lead on the road and you have a 4-1 to lead after that, you cannot blow that and have this game go into overtime. It went into overtime. And I don't mean to look at it in a glass-half-empty scenario. I don't, I don't mean to look at it like that. But... I think you have to be realistic. So when I get tweets about, well, Stepniak scored the game winner, Lyles made a nice play the other night, like, do you regret saying that this trade deadline was a failure for the Bruins? No, I don't. Because at the end of the day, I still don't see the Bruins having fixed their major issues, which is what's going to come back to bite them in the ass when they do make the playoffs. And that's defensive issues. And you saw it last night. Lyles out front of the net, one of these goals. It's just... He he's not a defensive guy. And so when you don't have those defensive pieces for a coach 
who the only reason Claude Julien is the all-time, you know, winningest coach now in Bruins history is because he's won most of those games with defense. Now, Tuka Rask made some big saves last night. Uh, and, and Tuka Rask is, in my opinion, one of the best goalies in the National Hockey League. But he doesn't have the help in front of him defensively in his, when, when, when they're in their own zone uh, for this team to make a serious run. I just don't see it. And I don't think Lyles is that guy that's going to help you out in that spot. And I think you've kind of seen it at times that he's not that guy. And Stemniak, he's a nice addition. He's going to do some good things for you offensively. Looks like he loves playing on a line with Bergeron and Marchand. And he got the game winner last night in OT. But still, I look at his Bruins team. And, and for people asking me, well, do you like these moves now? I say, no, I still don't. Because they're not the type of moves that put that will eventually put this Bruins team over the hump. And, and I have not been convinced the last couple nights, even though they beat Chicago, even though they took the Capitals to overtime. I should say Capitals took them to overtime. And they won last night in overtime against the Florida Panthers team that if the playoffs began today, the Bruins would be playing the Florida Panthers. You know, so they get points in those games. They get two wins, and they get an overtime loss against three of the best teams. Uh, I, I Do you want to say in the league? I mean, do you want to put Florida as one of the best teams in the league? I actually don't know that you want to do that. Because Flor- at the end of the day, last night, Florida's defense, especially on those first two goals, where Bergeron gets behind the defense and scores, where Pasternak gets behind the defense, that was embarrassing defense for Florida. They were skating around like they had cement blocks in their feet. That, you know, the Bruins, they really benefited from playing against some awful defense last night in the Florida Panthers defense. It was bad. So, uh, yeah, I don't mean to be that guy. It's just, I, I, they haven't convinced me yet. They haven't. They had the Bruins have not convinced me yet that they are Stanley Cup contenders all of a sudden. I think if they ended up beating Washington. Again, Washington gave you their backup goalie. Blackhawks, the game before, gave you their backup goalie. Two teams that were playing the Bruins on the second night of back-to-back nights. And then, of course, you blew a 3-0 lead last night. You blew a 4-1 lead last night. It went to overtime. It probably shouldn't have. You probably should have finished that thing in regulation, which would mean that if you look at the standings today, if they had done that and you look at the standings today, the Bruins would be ahead of Florida. Instead, because you let Florida get that extra point... You know, you let them tie the game late in the third. Uh, Florida is still ahead of you in the standings. So we'll uh, keep an eye on the Bruins and, and how the rest of this season plays out. But one other piece of history last night. I mentioned history in Florida. One with the Bruins. Claude Julien uh, becomes the winningest coach in Bruins history with 388 wins, passing Ott Ross. But also on the Florida Panthers end, Yaramir Yaga. Passes Gordy Howe for third all-time in career points with 1,851 with an assist that he had in this game. Yaramir Yaga is now standing alone, third all-time in career points in the NHL. Ahead of him, Marc Messier, 1,887 points. And Wayne Gretzky, nobody's catching him, 2,800 and 57. So uh, that's what we had last night in the NHL. 
I will keep an eye on championship week as we get it started this week. The ACC tournament currently underway. I'm watching that right now. I think the Big East starts tomorrow. Again, it's not the same, but it's still it's still championship week in college basketball, and it is an exciting time of year. Spring training, I'll also keep an eye on that. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and do the John Farrell, Jessica Moran story every single day, right? At some point, we need to move on and see what the team does and how they react uh, to, to John Farrell and, and maybe where he stands with this organization and just how short the leash has become. Uh, so we just have to wait and see. And, uh, you know, yesterday, just to actually to clarify something, not even to clarify, but just to sort of respond because I've been now going back and forth with some UFC fans who, who are unhappy with the way I knocked the UFC yesterday by telling you that, you know, the Conor McGregor Holly Holm losses on Saturday night at UFC 196 were just, I, I told you that was bad for business. People have come to me and said, well, Conor McGregor, you know, he walked away with the largest purse in UFC history. They made all this money. How is it bad for business when they're making money and, and he'll continue to make money? I agree. He'll continue to make money. I said it yesterday. UFC's not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. They're going to continue to make money. McGregor's still going to draw the crowd. Because he talks shit. And you know what? If he fights guys in his weight class, he probably will be able to back it up again, moving forward. But maybe the phrase, you know, not not to confuse the money with my argument, maybe to, to sort of separate that and get the money out of it for a minute. I understand that McGregor made all this money. But but I'm not in this. Like, if McGregor made 50000 or he made $2 million, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, it means something to them. It doesn't mean anything to me. Like, I'm in the McGregor story for the story, right? I'm, I'm all in on that for the story. But the story now has a blemish. And, and, and it's, I think it's unnecessary. So I said yesterday what happened Saturday night at UFC 196 was bad for business. People have thrown the money at me. All right, I get what you're saying, but that's not really where I'm going. The money doesn't, to me, I'm not talking about the money. I'm talking about the story because the story was special. And, and you had a very special storyline going there with McGregor, and now it's sort of ruined. And maybe instead of using the phrase bad for business, I'll, I'll say it was unnecessary for business. McGregor versus Nate Diaz was an unnecessary fight for the business. Didn't need to happen. Didn't need to happen. And I know that's in hindsight. But in hindsight, it does look like the UFC got greedy. Which ultimately, I think, ends up being bad for business because I, I do feel that the storyline was so special. They had something going there with McGregor, and now he loses this fight, and it's just, ah, it's just something, something's going to be missing now. So they just had to respond to the UFC people coming at me because I get how much money they made, but I'm not in it for how much money they make. I'm, uh, and I know maybe that's why they're in it. That's not why I'm in it. I'm in it for that storyline they had, and I think they sort of ruined that storyline because they got greedy a little bit. Got greedy. So that fight was unnecessary for business. I think it was a bad night for UFC. I do. But moving forward, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, Last night, I did not see how the end of Monday Night Raw played out, but I saw the beginning. I saw the beginning. Shane McMahon in the ring doing a little fighting with some security guards. Shane O'Mac has returned, and, and I was talking with my producer last night at WEEI. We actually did a little segment on the air about this, which was, 
there are people that believe Shane McMahon's going to fight this fight. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way Shane McMahon fights The Undertaker and Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. That's, that's not a good fight. That, that's, that's a terrible story. And it's going to be a terrible match. Somebody's going to come in and, and save the day for Shane McMahon and end up fighting The Undertaker. Someone's going to do it. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be someone. Someone who's an actual wrestler, okay? Someone who's a big-name WrestleMania superstar. Is it going to be The Rock? Is it going to be someone like, you know, Sting? Is it going to be, you're going to have Mick Foley come back? I don't know, someone. Seth Rollins, John Cena. Think about the names that are not currently in matches. That could be. Someone's going to come in and save the day. I feel that way. We'll, we'll keep an eye on WrestleMania, too. We got a full month before WrestleMania. You think that's the storyline they're keeping? Now, the storyline, I shouldn't say storyline. I should say the match. The storyline might remain the same, that Shane McMahon gets control of Raw. But, you know, they might figure it out in a way in which somebody else comes in and, and represents Shane McMahon in the ring. I just feel like that's the way we're, that's the road we're going down. There's no way Shane McMahon, uh, really, that's going to be an actual fight? Shane McMahon versus The Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania? Is that, that's what you're going to give us? Like, a people, I get that people like Shane McMahon. It's exciting to see him back. I think it was a little bit more exciting the first time than it was seeing him back last night. Like, I think it's kind of, okay. All right, how many more times are we going to open Raw with Shane McMahon? Is it actually that special? I know it's been a while since we've seen him, but the more we keep seeing him, how special is it really? And when you ask that question, it brings me to WrestleMania. Like, do I need to see Shane McMahon wrestle at WrestleMania? In fact, do I even want to see him in a match at WrestleMania? And I think my answer is no. It's cool that he's back and in the mix. But I don't think I'm asking for him to be in a match at WrestleMania, especially not against The Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell. So I, I just don't think that makes any sense for the company. I, I think they're going to have somebody step in and fight the fight for him. I don't know how they're going to go that, down that road, but I think they're going down that road. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see where the road to WrestleMania turns next, but that would be my prediction on that so wrapping up the show uh i will be joined tomorrow by jared carabas Boston sports he will join me in studio he covers the red sox and major league baseball for Boston sports we'll talk some spring training we'll get into some uh get back into some red sox stuff for sure so i'm here five days a week dannypicard.com you can also subscribe on itunes stitcher tune in anywhere podcasts are available Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, all forms of social media. And also, don't forget, Beantown Athletics is your only source for customized screen printing and embroidery. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now. That's BeantownAthletics.com. Or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. I keep telling you, if you're in a softball league... Get your uniforms done at Bean Town Athletics. Don't just play good, look good doing it. In fact, don't just look good, look great. Bean Town Athletics can make that happen for you. I'm out. Talk to you tomorrow.